0: Alright, I want to speak very briefly this morning on what I've titled The Tangibility of God's Presence The Tangibility of God's Presence I will read from Genesis chapter 39 from verse 1 to 6 then we move to verse 20 to 21 The tangibility of God's presence. Genesis 39 1 2 6. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, and Egyptian, brought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down either. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man and he was in the house of his master the egyptian and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand and Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him over silver his house and all that he had and he put into his hand and it came to pass From the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not what he had save the bread which he did eat, and Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Now verse 22 and 21. Verse 22 and 21. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph, and he should shield him mercy and give him favor in the sights of the keeper of the presence. let us pray dear lord jesus we thank you because of your awesome presence this morning thank you because of the anointing of the holy ghost that gives us the wisdom and gives us also access to the mind of god we worship you because of this grace we thank you because Your word was given to affect our hearts, to affect our mind and to make us to be straightened out before you such that we are able to live like you are. Thank you because of this gift. Lord, this morning, give us illumination and precision in Jesus' mighty name. Now, reading through the text in Genesis chapter 31, certain things became... Obvious. I mean to say that, from the reference scriptures, certain truths stood out. For instance, verse 2 of chapter 39 of Genesis, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Verse 4, And Joseph found grace in his sight, and served him. Now, from these reiterated verses of the scripture, we saw that when the presence of God comes upon a man, it brings about certain effect. In the case of Joseph, Because the Lord was with Joseph, he was a prosperous man. So one of the benefits of having God's presence with us is that it makes us to prosper. And then prosperity there does not suggest money. Don't think in terms of money alone. Prosperity suggests balance, appropriateness. Worlds, abundance, ease, salvation, calmness. Although he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, the house he was living in was not his own. He was a servant, or as properly said, he was a slave. But something made a difference in his life, the presence of God. So, from verse 2, we saw two things. The presence of God can make you prosper. So, if you have been struggling in any area of your life, you can leverage on the presence of God. And as a result of it, you will experience prosperity, good time. Now, in verse 3, we saw that, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that was why I titled this message, The Tangibility of the Presence of God so the presence of god is perceivable or is observable and how does this presence place in one's life when it is observable or it is obvious or it becomes obvious to people that you are the carrier of the presence of god it expresses itself in admiration people just admire you they just fall in love with you they just like your your way of life your principle your jokes your how you talk there is nothing unique about them per se maybe sometimes but because the hand of the lord is upon you anything you do seems to be different from what another person do that is the presence of god at work it makes you to be acceptable it makes people find it difficult to reject you. And if they do reject you, they become restless. Why? The presence of the Lord was with you. Now, the scripture says that his master saw that the Lord was with him. And as a result, he said, the master also noticed that God made all that he do to prosper in his hands. In other words, if you want to prosper, if and the word prosper that also means to be successful. So in whatever you do, you can be successful as long as you have received the leading of the Lord to doing it. And that's another thing I'm going to mention. The presence of the Lord is receiving leading from the Lord. Psalm chapter 1 verse 1. Blessed is the man who walk not in the counsel of the evil, who of the sinner, who stand not in the way of the scornful, he said his delight is in the law of the lord and in the law does it meditate day and night and verse 2 says and he is like a tree planted by the rivers of water whose leaves does not wither and whatever he does prospers now look at that metaphoric description of a life that is enjoying the presence of God. That life is likened to a tree that is planted by the water. So the presence of the Lord is what water is to plantations. It makes it to blossom. It makes its roots to shoot deep into the earth. And because the roots have, have find its way into the earth, they will be flower. It, I mean, it will blossom. It will be fruitful. So your success in life, your fruitfulness in life, your productivity in life, your effectiveness is. Life. It's not just tied to your intelligence, it's not just tied to your connection, it's not just tied to your to your creativity, it's not just tied to your innovation, it's not just tied to your um to your brilliance, to your certification. It is also predicated on the amount of God's presence you enjoy part time. And check the presence of God has not come to stay today and to live tomorrow. It has come to abide. Christ said, Look, I am with you forever. It is a gift to us so we saw here that the presence of the lord makes joseph to prosper so the presence as an assignment one of them is to prosper me one of them is to make me to be acceptable one of them is to bring me in favor with man and one of them also is to open door of service look at verse 4 And Joseph found grace in his sight and served him and he made him an overseer over his house and all that he had, he put in his hand. Now, what was working the life of Joseph? His certificate or the presence of God. In fact, from this presented portion of the scriptures, it is observable, noticeable that grace and favor at the offspring of God's presence. So all you need to enjoy the praise, I mean the favor of God in your life, the grace of God, ability and empowerment to access things that you are not naturally due of is to secure the presence over your life. And when you come to verse 20, it becomes observable also that even while Joseph was in the prison, the prison gates cannot take away this presence. So I am picking the idea of the tangibility of the presence of God from the angle that it is observable. Apostle Paul said when the pillar, when he was writing to the Galatian Christians, of course, uh, he said when the pillars of the church, Peter, James, and John, Perceive the grace of God over his life. They gave him one a right hand of fellowship, two they gave him the ministry of the uncircumcised. Now, the fact is that the grace of God can so much tabernacle in a person's life that everybody around him sees that grace. Jeremiah chapter 33. We saw that what Joseph enjoyed, Jeremiah also enjoyed. That the circumstances you lived in, the challenges that seems to lock you in or that seems to, to, to barricade your way, is not strong enough. No prison gates, however material, however strong the material that is used to make the bars of the prison is strong enough to shut you away from God's presence. William Branham spent 26 years in the communist prison, but the presence of God was resting upon him. Washmanin spent years, I think 13 years, if not more than, in the communist prison, the presence of God was with him. So prison gates cannot... Separate God from you. In other words, this also establishes God's unconditional commitment, care, concern, and devotion to you. So nothing can separate Him, even your predicament. You know, there's this story of a man that complained that whenever he's going through tough time, he observes that he he, he does have a dream, and in that dream he sees two legs, two legs. Then anytime time things seems to be smooth with him, he observes that he sees four legs. Then in one of his intercourse with the father, he began to challenge God. And he said, Father, why would you always sleep when it is tough with me? Because I have observed that in my dream, whenever it is tough, I see two legs. But whenever it is smooth, I see four legs. Then the Spirit of the Lord told him, once, I mean to say, whenever you are going through tough time, and you see two legs. Those are my legs. Because then you cannot walk through the odors. And the odors I had to carry you. So the leg you saw was not your own. It is I walking you through the tough time. But each time it is smooth, I make you walk. So the presence of God is true. Now look at Jeremiah chapter 33. We are going to read from verse 1 to 3. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time. While... He was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, "Thus hear the Lord, the Maker thereof; the Lord hath formed it to establish it. The Lord is His name. Call upon me, and I will answer thee. Should the great and mighty things which thou knowest not." Now, two things I want to pick from this scripture. Now, the word is the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, not in the palace, when not when things were smooth with him. It came when he was shot up in the king's prison where there was maximum security. Not just one prison in the state or in the community where he can escape or where the security is not tight. Now, it was in the king's palace where he was locked. How tight would that security be? But those security could not even shut away. The presence of God. So it does not matter where you find yourself, you can assess God. So the presence of God also means assessing God's voice per time The case of Jesus. He was killed by the Roman soldiers. His body was collected by Joseph of Arimathea. He was laid in the tomb and on the third day, the angel of the Lord came signifying the presence of God, rolled away the stone and those soldiers came. They were as dead as a log of wood when they saw you know that what no devil can break through the presence of god so if there's anything you should you don't need to strive for it because we have it but anything you should consciously seek to abide in abide in the presence of god that's where your rest lies when god told moses Exodus chapter 33 is that time you let. Sinai, and move forward in your journey. You've stayed there for two years. Moses insisted. He said, Father, if your presence will not go with us, we will not leave this place. Now, what was Moses talking about? Moses had known first class I mean, to say first hand, the tangibility and the power of the presence of God. He knows by experience that that presence can repel danger, can repel evil, can repel attacks, can repel assault. It is an insulation against every attack of the devil. Then he says, look, God, uh on this matter, I will not leave this place until I am so sure that your presence is going with us. But how unfortunate with us that we have been back on so many journeys without securing the presence of God. It's quite unfortunate. It's quite unfortunate. It's quite unfortunate. If there's anything you should pay attention to, you should value in your life. More and more above any other thing in your life should be the presence of God. Hallelujah. If there's a single word to actually capture this concept, I'm considering, the presence of God. It is the word Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Now the word Emmanuel is the word interpreted in the Hebrew word God with us. So when I say the presence of God, I'm talking about maintaining the covenant. Of Emmanuel, God being with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, a prophecy was said of Jesus Christ Behold, a virgin shall conceive, and shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted God with us. And that was a a recast or a quotation from Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 8, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 10. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 reads, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a a virgin shall conceive and bear his own, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. And the word Emmanuel, as as interpreted uh, from Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it meant God with us. So if there's a single word by which we explain this truth and this gift we have received from the Lord, it is the word Emmanuel. God is with us. But for a believer, it's not just that God is with you. You have got to know that God is also in you. And we have got to understand the goal of these two realities or these two blessings. God in you, God with you as an assignment. The end result of these two realities is God through me. So God came to tabernacle in me so that he can find an expression through me or out of me. Now the tabernacle of God is with men. He shall live with them. And in the prophecy of the prophet, Ezekiel prophesied it. Jeremiah prophesied it. And in Hebrews chapter 10, we have it um, recorded. And this is the covenant I will make with them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In 1 Peter chapter 2, we are called Goys Oikodom, the spiritual house where God lives. Ephesians chapter 2, Apostle Paul said we are now God's house. Goys Oikodom. Let's see that Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. It's very important we see this. Ephesians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Verse twenty-two. In whom you also are builder together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Now the word I'm picking is the word habitation, where God lives. Is the word is also the word um, edifice, a beautiful place where God lives. So when we're talking about the unsomnness of God's presence, we're talking about the beauty. There is a beauty. And how do we interpret this beauty? We talk about the power, the capability, the capacity, the strength, the enablement, and what the presence of God is able to effect and to do in your life. I don't know what I have the accuracy I, I, I intended to have, but I, I know the Lord is interpreting something in you have Far beyond what I could say. Meanwhile, however through those statements I've made, it is also true to know that one can work out of the presence of God, as it is also true that one can live in the presence. In fact, it is also true that one can even have this present and don't even know that he has it. But it is more profitable. If you know that you have the presence, and you live in the environment of that presence. In fact, that's where your victory starts from. Greater is He that is in you that it that lives in the world. That scripture was written for you to know that now you have God in you, and that is the presence. That's the confidence we have. So, what am I saying? I'm saying that the presence of God is tangible. It is tangible but it is not visible. It is tangible, but it cannot be seen with your physical eyes. However, it is always known when it comes upon you or when it comes around you. It is touchable. It is contagious. That presence can be encountered and it can be possessed like a possession. In that chapter three we saw peter and john going to the temple at the time of prayer and when they met that man at the beautiful gate peter responded when the man was expecting to get some arms from him he said silver and good i have none that does not mean that he has no money with him and it could mean he had money with him never knew but he said look there's something you need that is more than money you see if all you have is money you are the most rushed fact, right, it is far better to have not a dime in your account, not a dime in your hand, uh, not a dime in your house, and to have the presence of God because everything you need will be supplied on the strength that come from Zion. He said, Silver and go, we have none. But such as we are, we give to you in the name of Jesus. Be made whole. Now check it. What did Peter presented, he presented the presence. He presented the presence of God. He presented the power of God. He presented the grace of God. In other words, what I'm driving at is that the presence of God is a possession. It's a gift to you. And you are going to be disadvantaged. Or deserve, it's going to be disadvantageous for you if you go around in life, if you go about life, if you go about dealings, if you go about your work, when well, you leave this thing behind? It's a clothing. is a blessing of the Lord. So mark this, the presence of God can be, can be encountered. The presence of God is contagious. The presence of God is touchable. The presence of God can be possessed. It is touchable. And when I say it is touchable, I am not saying that you can touch it. I mean you can handle it with your own physical eye, with, with your own physical hands. When I say it is it is tangible, I did not say, or I'm not saying that you, you can see it with your physical eyes, also. I am saying that when you have it, you will know it. And when you have it, it will, you, you will not be the only one to know it. People will come around you will smell it, they will sense it. The presence of God is immaterial, but it is as real. In fact, even if not realer than even the material substances. Acts chapter 28 how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who we went about doing good, healing all those who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So when the presence of God comes upon you, you are not just only the beneficiary, there are beneficiaries also. That is, it makes you to be the solutions to the problems that had plagued, that had worried, that had weary that had battered, that had beaten, that had burdened, and bent people's life over. Was it not in Mark chapter 11, as I've been showing you over sometimes? As- we are looking at uh, authority. When, When we are considering the series on authority. How that once upon a time Jesus Christ came across a woman who he described as the daughter of Abraham. But that woman was under the siege. Under the assault, Under the affliction of the devil for 18 years. But right there when she came in contact with Jesus. Because he as such power that is irresistible and that's one thing i want you to pick the presence of god is is irresistible that woman was healed was healed at that instance in other words the presence of god is capable to putting an end to long-standing problems and issues it is highly sensitive to affliction. And each time it comes in contact with affliction, it puts an end to it. In other words, when the presence of God is with you, your life will be devoid of confusion. I'm telling you this, most sincerely. There could be things in your life you have not been able to sort or you need clarity over or things that bothers you or things that drives into the presence or things you cannot actually handle or things God pended or is not attending to in your life. But check it, there will be evidence that this man has a presence. So if Christ now says that he had given us his presence, then it's meant that a believer is the solution to the problems in the world. So he should not be the one having the problems. Rather, by divine design, he had been made to supply solutions to all the problems. Maybe some of the issues you are, you are, you are complaining about are just indications that you have lost the presence. Three weeks ago, the Lord Jesus told me as I was meditating. He said, most of the problems people complain about are problems that came because they are put behind the most tangible valuable in their life, which is the presence of God. And because of that, regardless of their commitment, regardless of their success, regardless of their connection, regardless of the the assets, the successes, um, the fame, and then how much their visions and dreams have been able to find expression, they still find this emptiness, this shallowness on the inside of them. Why? They are derided of God's presence. So what is the presence of God? What is the presence of God? Number one, The presence of God is the knowing of God abiding presence with you. Behold, I am with you to the end of the age. Number two, it is the consciousness of power. It is the consciousness of purity. It is the consciousness of purpose and the consciousness of divine backing. What is the presence of God? It is the flow of God's miraculous power bringing about a change in your life and your situation. So if if there has been a kind of situation around you that seems to be defiling solutions, all you have got to put it to check is the presence of God. It is the flow of God's miraculous power to bring about a change in your life and situation. It is, it is the ability to access the mind of God at a particular time and secure direction for the moment or for the future. The presence of God is also joy in your spirit. It is also assurance of victory in your soul. The presence of God also includes inner peace, boldness, calmness, health, prosperity. The presence of God also includes the wisdom of God at work in your life the wisdom of God that is irresistible in your life the wisdom of God that makes you a global wonder the wisdom of God that makes you to stand out and interestingly like I've said earlier nothing can barricade this presence nothing but there's one thing sin cuts it off if the Lord tell you not to go to a particular place you had that inclination in your mind that you should not go and you went And when you return, you just feel that you could no longer pray. You could no longer access the presence of God. You could no no longer command in the Holy Ghost. So many of God's people that have died untimely, maybe died through accidents, died through, uh, you know, incidents, uh, you know, have died untimely or suddenly. Most of them, maybe or maybe not, might have died because they defile the instruction. May you be sensitive to God's leading in your life. So nothing can barricade this presence but sin. No prison gate. No jimilation. No contradiction. No opposition. No hatred. No plot can stop it but sin. So sin is powerful in this way. And his power is in the sense that it blocks you, it cuts you off from God's presence. And the moment you are disconnected, that all the evils, all the problems, all the worries, all the odds, all the woes of the world cannot now clung to, you, afflict you, and aim at destroying you. So, the reason why we have all these problems, we have all this confusion in the world, is because the world is devoid of this presence. Consequentially, when this presence is with you, sin loses its grip. When this presence is with you, fear runs out. When this presence is with you, confusion bows out. That was what David wrote about in Psalm chapter number 23. For thou art with me, he said, thy rod and the staff, they comfort me. And as a result of that presence, David can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green parks. So. He leads me beside the still water for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. So the presence of the Lord also connotes divine leading. Also connotes divine guidance. I shall not warn. I will fear no evil. Those where is with difference. What a presence! You see, when you secure that presence, there is nothing that can stop you or scare you. Hallelujah. In Psalm chapter twenty-three, verse one to three, David wrote, "The Lord." Is my light and my salvation womb shall I fear? The Lord is my strength is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they, they stumbled and fell. Though an oath should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though walls should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Mark that. And in the secret of his tabernacle, shall hid hide me? He shall set me up upon a rock. Painfully, there's no time to explain the scriptures. But if we want to give the summary of this psalm, David is saying, when the presence of God is with you, you are secure. You are secure. Your finance is secure. Your home is secure. Your business is secure. No matter the raging of the ocean, you can be sure there will be calmness someday. All you have got to do is to say, and let me tell you this, do not let the problems of life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the care of the soul, which are good in themselves, drive you out of the presence of God. And that's how the devil has lured so many people out of that presence. Job had the greatest Tough times and tragedy anybody could have in his life. But that man knew the value of the presence is stayed there. Not just that. In Psalm 91, that presence is called the secret place of the Lord and the shadow of the Almighty. In some other portions of the scriptures, it is also metaphorically described as Mount Zion. We have come to Mount Zion. The city of God, the company of innumerable angels. This scripture is talking about the presence. Hallelujah, we have this presence in Christ. Another thing David noted about this presence is that you can't hide from it. And this thing David knew by experience. Jonah learned it the other way. God told him, Go to the navy. And tell them, I'm bringing my judgment over them. If they would not repent. And you know, Jonah, knowing the loving kindness of God. May you not be familiar with God. Because that can ruin your life. That can cut you away from the flow of the supernatural. Knowing the loving kindness of God actually was ignorant that nobody can hide from God. So thought of running away from the presence of God. But he was caught. In Psalm 139, verse one to O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, no, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast set me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, it is I. I cannot attain it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into the heavens, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part, on the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light before me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee, for thou hast possessed my reins; Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. There's no time to explain that scripture. Joseph was in prison. But that presence could not be locked out. Jeremiah was thrown into the dungeon. That presence stayed with him. What an awesome presence. Isaiah Isaiah prophetically wrote to reveal what that presence is and what it does in our life. In Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 to 4. It reads, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with you. When through the rivers, thou shalt not over." They shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shall not be born, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the only one of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba for thee. Since thou art precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I shall love And I have loved thee. Therefore, I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring the seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I, I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughter from the ends of the earth. Everyone that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have found him. Yes, I have made him. Think about that. The presence of the Lord. Remarkably, it is very noteworthy to mention that this presence we are talking about was not just particular about men of old. It is common to every man that seeks God in all generations, both ancient, medieval, and even contemporary. So it does not matter what generation you live in. Or what part of the world you live in. Or what background you had. If you are a God seeker, it is a gift to you. So it's also a gift to us. And it is a gift to us in Christ today. Jesus Christ said, Behold, I am with you. Always to the end of the world. You know that word? It says, watch closely. I will always be with you. And mark the words. It's not saying that I will be with you sometimes. Or I will be with you when it is well with you. He said, I am always with you, always till the end of the world. What a promise, what a gift. And check it, the knowledge and the experience of this make you fear no evil, make you fear no devil, make you fear no sickness, make you fear no epidemic, make you fear no lack, make you fear no, no threat. What again, please mention to me, what again if you know? There is nothing. David said that. He said, through you, I can skip over the mountains. I can skip. There is no mountain you cannot skip. Hallelujah. There's another scripture coming to my spirit faintly. It said, when the Lord led, I'm giving the paraphrase, of course, permit me. When the Lord led the Israelites out of um, Egypt... He said, um, the mountain saw it and it went back. The mountain saw it. It ran back from the presence of the Lord. The mountain saw it. So even inanimate things respond to the presence of God in your life. The mountain saw it. The mountain saw it. They skipped. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm one hundred and fourteen, verse one. To hate, when Israel went out of Egypt. The house of Jacob from the people of strange language. Judah was a sanctuary and Israel is dominion. Check those words. His sanctuary means his most sacred place where he lives, where he stays. The sea saw it. Now, saw God's presence. So, when he, say, when he said, when the scripture says that Judah was a sanctuary, he was talking about the fact that God tabernacle amongst them. Now, check the effect. He said, the sea saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back. Literally, he was talking about the ocean. Talking about the Red Sea. I'm talking about Jordan. But by figurative interpretation of the scriptures, the sea talks about the people, the nations. In Revelation, Apostle John says, And I saw the sea, and the angel told me the seas are the nations and the people and the tribes. So when say the sea saw it, we can interpret saying the people saw it, the fled. They could not stand. You see, nobody can oppose you, nobody can pull you down or bring you down if God's presence is with you. Nobody. Look at the attempt of, 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 um, of this guy against Mordecai and the Jews. I've forgotten his name. It's not coming through. Was he a man? I think it was a man. Now, so verse 2 again. Judah saw his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. they saw, the sea saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back, the mountains skipped, this is where I'm going actually, the mountains skipped like ram, and the little hills like lambs. What a lady the old thou see, what that thou fledest, thou Jordan, that thou was driven back, ye mountains, that you skipped like rams, and you little hills like lambs. Tremble thou earth at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, which turned back the rock which turned the rock into a standing water, the flint into a mountain of water. Think about that. 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 So it must have been this knowledge that made the three Hebrew guys dear Nebuchadnezzar. They said, we are not careful to answer you on this matter. Our God is able to save us. And if not, we don't care to die. They told him, blank out. Death doesn't scare us. You see, Daniel also would have rather died rather than to lose this presence. So the presence was all to them, was heaven to them, was all they've got, and was all they treasured. Could this be the secret of the apostle also, which made them dare the threat in their days? They were ready to face death, they feared nothing. They were ready to die. This glorious presence was so real to them. Apostle John wrote about it. He said that which was from the beginning, which we have seen, which we have touched which our handled, concerning the word of life he said, This word was manifested and we have seen it. May we know God's presence such intimately. Now, how do we assess God's presence and how do we manifest it? well the truth is that you always have the presence as a matter of fact you live in the presence jesus christ paid the price to bring us back into god's presence and then secure it for us how do i know that ephesians chapter 2 affirms by faith we have access by him hallelujah ephesians chapter 2 verse 18 for through him we both have access by one spirit to the father Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12 in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him so I don't think there is a blessing anywhere greater than this the presence of God there there is no protocol that can stop you from accessing God but sin now you have access to the father it's not just that you have the address of God's office. It's not just that you have the contact of his office. But now you can enter it. Apostle Paul repeated in Ephesians chapter 3. He said, in him we have boldness and access and confidence by faith. So in other words, when you enter it into this, president, uh, into this presence, rather, you have boldness to ask what you need. You have access and you have confidence because now you are made right with the Father. Consequentially, now you may have the presence. And now it can be known to you. But then a man under authority, a man under disgrace called the presence of God and does not know it is a beast. In Psalm 82, verse 5 to 7, They know not, neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said you are God and all of you are the children of the most high. But you shall die like men and fall like one of these priests. Why? Wow. Verse 5 again. They do not know. And their life as a result is out of course. Think about this. It is fearful. Think about it. In other words, most of the issues in our lives, in your lives, in your family, in your business, in your relationships are knowledge-based problems. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And that reminds me of Psalm 49 verse 20. Man that is in honor and understandeth it, not is like a beast. Think about it. So the question is, how do I make the presence of God manifest in my life? How do I make most use of it? How do I go around with it? How do I make it mobile with me? Number one, you have got to be a person of prayer, in-season prayer. Number two, you have got to be given to praise and worship. Number three, you have got to learn to fast. You have got to learn to meditate. Number five, you have got to learn to purify your thought, living in purity of thought and impurity of life. Number six, you have got to learn to submit to the leading of the Holy Ghost. Number seven, you have got to know that you have got to cultivate the habit of constantly abiding in God's presence, whether quietly or while you are praying. Also, the presence of God manifests where the gospel is preached. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what do I mean when I talk about the awesomeness of God's presence? I am talking about something that is leading or inspiring wonder or excitement. I am talking about the presence that brings about excellence, that brings about excitement, that brings about remarkable deliverance, remarkable help, remarkable victory. So it means that this presence is a tool. In your hands just as the blood of jesus is a tool, just as the name of jesus is a tool this presence is a tool and it comes on you when you learn to pray when you learn to worship when you learn to see god when you learn to meditate these are the 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 commitment of the kingdom that opens you up to the channel of heaven what do i mean when i say the awesomeness of god's presence i'm talking about that presence that comes into your life that brings awesomeness that bring amazing testimonies that brings about a miracle that bring excellent that bring remarkable deliverance that bring super remarkable phenomenon in your life that makes you a global wonder that makes you um um, um and everything about your life fantastic I'm talking about that thing that brings about transformation and growth and progress in your life. I'm talking about mountain leveling presence. I'm talking about that thing that brings about amazing wonder working realities in your life. I'm talking about that thing that makes you to be of help to others. Our God anointed Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good for God was with him. So you can have the presence always with you. Can you bless God? Say, Father, I enter into the consciousness of this presence. Oh, I will not be robbed of it. I will not be cheated of it. Come with me. I have it and I walk in it. Oh, Baraka Shakataya. i will to be disciplined enough to walk in this consciousness every day of my life. I'm able to learn to focus on it aim to learn to give myself to it until it is it is it is profitable to me and until it is perceivable in my life until it is contagious until I can learn to affect others by it in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus